special guest in the building this evening for this episode of Rap Lab is actually family because uh, you know Rap Lab is a one big extended family. Um, Rev, we're going to let you do the introductions since uh, since he's close to you. So you go on right ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is my father-in-law, the one and only Mr. Gentry Pitts. Yes, sir. And uh, and without 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 you, sir, we wouldn't even have a logo because y- your daughter is a hell of a graphic designer. So shout outs, shout outs to Jess, man. She's 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 a real one. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. A valued valued member of the team. So not only are you family to the Rap Lab, but uh, you also regularly listen, as I as I understand it. Yeah, you know, I like to I like to support my people, man. You know what I'm saying? So my man said. Check it out. So I did, and I liked it. No, we 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 uh we 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 definitely we definitely appreciate you. So th- so for the listeners go, uh, out there, our loyal listeners, this is not nepotism because the man listens to every episode. So it's not like we it's not like we just said, "Yo, Rev, get your father-in-law. Let's bring him on." Mm-hmm. We got a loyal supporter in the building. So much respect, Indeed. To you, my Indeed. friend. Indeed. Uh, now I got to talk about the elephant in the room because there was. Oh, there was yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Here we go. Let's get right into uh, it. It's on now. There there was this one episode that we had. Did somebody just ring a bell? (laughs) (laughs) There was there was this one episode that we had a while back, and we was talking about Biggie and Tupac, and of course, Uh your daughter Jess and and our guy QG is not here right now. They was on the big side, and me and Rev was on the Tupac side, and I made a comment, and I quote, "Biggie is is he's overrated." And I, and I and I heard later on that you had uh, quite, took quite the offense to that comment. I so, had major problems with that, my man. Matter of fact, I got some major issues with the fact that you being a New York guy and salute, much respect to my guys, you know, uh, on the East Coast, New York. But how can you say something so blasphemous? So, so here's the thing. I never and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to clarify it as best as I can. Overrated, I, though, bro? I never said Biggie was bad. Here's the thing, right? Everybody comes with their top five, the top 10, top 20, top 50, top 100. Everybody's got a list, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a guy who looks at body of work, right? So here's a guy, Biggie. Big, phenomenal wordplay. Uh, great MC. I'm not taking that away from him. When I say he's overrated, meaning I cannot realistically take a guy who only had two albums, and, and and we'll give him three. We'll give him three. We'll, 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 we'll put Born Again in there just for argument's sake. But a guy with three albums and rank him among guys like Nas and Jay-Z, guys who have 12, 13, 14 albums in the catalog. So that that's what I mean. I, I equate it to, like, sports. You can't take a guy who's only played two seasons and compare him to a 15-year vet. 
You know what I mean? That's so that that's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying he's bad. If 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 this was 1997 and I said he's overrated and people wanted to, you know, put you me on a been, you might not have made it. Right. No, if, if this was 1997 and I said that, I deserve to get shot and, and, and whatever else they want to do to me. But What's we the difference between 97 and 2021? So I'll put it to you like this. All, all the heavy hitters, the Nas's, the Jay-Z's, the Wu-Tang Clans, they all had similar bodies of work. By 97, I believe Nas only had two albums, if, if my, uh, my memory is correct. So, you know, his contemporaries all had similar amounts of bodies of work. It's the same thing like when people talk about Big L. Our guy T.O. here is a huge Big L fan. But, mm-hmm. but but at the same time, Big L only had one album. Can I really rank him among the goats of goats? If, yes, depending on the impact of the, of the music and well, the body of work. And here's the thing. Impact, and this is just my personal feeling, body of work affects impact. Because, like, for example, who can I use? Dr. Dre had one of the most impactful albums of all time in The Chronic, but you'll never hear me say Dre is one of the greatest artists ever. He had one of the greatest albums ever, but he'll never make he'll never make any of those lists for me. So 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 that so so that's 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 what I mean. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Biggie as far as his skill, but I don't know. I just feel uncomfortable ranking him all the way at the top. When everybody else we ranking them with, their their body of work severely outweighs his. And granted, I'm he has two classics under his belt, so I'm de- and, and he's been on classic singles, classic features. So I'm not taking any of that away from him. But we talking about a guy whose run was from '93 to '96, or I'll even give you '97. But a guy with a four year run compared to some of these other cats' 15, 20 year career. So that's what I that's where I came from when. When I said that uh, that statement, and Rev and I have also talked about it, the marketing that Bad Boy did too contributes to that, with that okay. with that King of New York stuff. So that that that's the reason why I came and said what I said. And then by no means did I did I ever try to say he was whack or I I, I didn't mean that. So that that's where my well, my heart came from. A little bit now from that bold statement you made before. Uh-oh. I guess my thing is this. You have to look at the same people that you named also gave paid him homage for being that guy that you just mentioned. Not overrated, but they they accepted him as one of the greatest. His what? name is mentioned with all of these people, the Nas's, the Jay-Z's, they all pay him homage, but yet had a longer, had more longevity and a greater body of work. But I guess with seeing as how that we can't really um, say that he had a long career, what he did have has such an impact on the on the hip hop world. This man could paint a could paint a portrait, you know, with his lyrics. And then let's just look for a hot second. We complete they can do the the Tupac and Biggie comparison. I really don't compare the two, man. They two totally different artists, totally different artists, but. Within the same time, Biggie and Tupac's body of work with regards to even the awards they received for their their body of work is almost equal. Yeah, yeah, you have a fair point there. That that that, you know, that when you talk about fair. hell, Biggie, we, and, and and I and I only and I did a little bit of research because I really don't get all off into how many awards, but I just knew that they both 
one, you know, these musical awards for like some of the the uh, the major for like the Grammys and maybe like a Soul Train and some of the uh, hood stuff like Source and things of that nature. Biggie had four Grammys, four Grammy nominations. Tupac has six Grammy nominations. Wow. Two years, two, three years tops. And they were damn near even with that because their out their music had an impact on the people. That that's true. You know what I you know what I equate it to? So I'm I'm sitting here racking my brain and for example, like in West Coast hip hop, a lot of those guys will tell you King T is like one of the coldest rappers they've ever heard. And they all shout him out. They all take inspiration from him. They all will sample his music. But you'll never find King T on anybody's top list either. So that's hmm. that that's that's where that that's where I'm I'm coming from as far as the paying homage. There's nothing wrong with paying homage, but again, I, I granted he his impact his impact was there. But I don't know, like I just can't justify ranking because and again we don't know how his career would have turned either. If he would have stayed alive, would he have had a bad album? We don't know. Yeah, I mean. I mean I, I really don't I really don't like to go into the speculation of those type of things. I just know that what he put out hit me so hard, man, when it came out. You have to realize, too, and I don't know how old you guys are, Eric. I know how old you are. But I've been listening to rap since its inception. So I've seen the progression, mm. you know, all the way from, from the Sugar Hill gang, you know what I'm saying, back in the late 70s till now. So... For me and a lot of other older cats, hell, we was just happy that somebody could rhyme to some music. He's like, did you hear that? That guy made that rhyme. To now where guys, the wordplay, now I'm paying attention to wordplay and beats and melodies and what they sampling and all this type of stuff, man. Um, the, man's, the man's music just hit me and the way he could paint a portrait. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, Pac, Pac was more of a, not a lyricist, but a guy that put his poetry to music. Pac was a movement. You know, some of the things that Pac dug into, you know, with regards to what's going on out here in the world, you know, the social injustices, things of that nature. Pac was like a movement. But we also have to realize, too, that Pac was also a very great performer and an actor. Yeah. Biggie was just a street dude that got a rap deal and he hit he hit him hard when he came in. That's true. Very you guys true. are taking up a pop man. And again, see, I'm not going dog one to uplift the other, but I do have to make a couple of points. I'm a when it comes to like me being a fan of certain cats, there are certain things that stick with me just like it would a friend. How big are you? Where does loyalty rank, rank with you on a scale of one to 10? 10. 10. Okay. How can you be so much on Pac's side in certain, in certain aspects that you don't sit here and realize that this guy, man, went to the West Coast and said, fuck New York. Can you blame? Can you blame him? No, yes, I can blame him, bro. Because if I come from Detroit and I go anywhere else, I'm repping Detroit. I'm repping D hats. I'm repping Isaiah Thomas uh, uh, throwbacks. 
to the end. You do not forget where you came from, bro. Never. Well, here, see, that's a, that's a two-sided argument because you also got to remember before he got to death row and before all that other stuff, when he first came out, he was living in um in the Bay. He was he was uh, living living um living in Marin City, and and okay. hanging out in Oakland. So, I mean, he was a California dude before he started messing with all them with all them New York guys. He broke in with Digital Underground, all California. Granted, maybe not L.A., but well, musically, at the, yeah. At the same time, also, um, see, and I, I I get it because you know he came to New York, started hanging out in New York heavy, and the dudes he I don't want to speculate, but you know. He, he almost got killed in New York. So I guess he had that, you know, he, he, he had that, you know, anti-New York attitude afterward is because it's like, yo, I came to New York, dudes, dudes, dudes ambushed me, shot me, almost killed me. My best friend or one of my best friends lives in New York, Clint, uh, says he don't know what's going on. So, like, I can't trust nobody out here. And that, that guy that was, his, and the, that was and, some of his own insecurities with that one. I think it, had he handled some things a lot differently, it wouldn't have went that way. You can't come and talk reckless, man, and somebody else hook up. That's true. That's also you true. You can't do that, bro. If I when I come to New York to visit, I'm humble, bro, and I know what I'm capable of, but I still know that I'm in foreign territory. Right. So you gotta you gotta look and see where you at first. You know what I'm saying? And Pac was first raised in New York. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That's my whole thing. I mean, you you were raised. I mean, and what about what what's up with them outlaw cats? What's up with that? Well, I guess they were just following the leader because they was from they was all from Jersey and throwing up West Side. So, but yeah, that's just across the Hudson. But 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 nah, Pac. But but Pac's loyalty, like, it, it's funny because after Suge uh, bailed him out, he was anything Suge would have told him to do, he would have did it. And yeah. I, 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 that's kind of like, come... that's kind of like you know, when you come to prison, you look for someone to go up on a wing, so you know won't happen, nothing happen to you if you can't stand alone. And it, and it's not, and it's not even and and the way that I take it, just from you know watching interviews of people who knew Pac, um, and just from reading various things, he called so many people while he was in jail, even the Interscope people, and mm-hmm. nobody nobody would pick up the phone for him, nobody would bail him out. So the first, so the person that got him out of there, he rode with him, which I really right. can't blame him for. Everybody right. else turned their back on you. Right. So, I mean, but you know, as far like, and a lot of people that I've spoken to are, they're not necessarily anti-Pac, but they'll say the same thing you said. Pac is an actor. Pac was fake. He was never really about it. He's just using all that, all that acting skill to, you know, portray himself as something he wasn't. And and I guess the way he met his demise, he was doing too much. That I that I'll admit, because you know you I don't, don't I don't label it as fake though. I don't label it as fake because you do have to realize his background. He got an entertainment background, man. School of entertain. I mean, you know, uh, performing arts. Yeah. Man, this is what this man set out to do. That was his whole hookup. But with that being said, and again, I don't like using that word fake because I mean actors are just what they are, actors. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that, that's true, but there's some realness to it because I got to take my hat off. I'm not condoning shooting at police, but anytime you see the police wronging somebody and you take out a gun and shoot at them and get away with it and get acquitted, that that, that takes some real heart to do because 
Well, know? give me give me that give me that story real brief because I mean I heard many things on that, but what, was it was it a case of the police? Did they identify themselves or? So what happened was he he was he was being driven. Pac was being driven somewhere after a concert, and he saw that the cops were beating on this guy. He was in Atlanta. Mm. He he didn't and you know Tupac has a as a Black Panther uh, background. Right. So he he sees two white cops beating up on a on a on a young black kid. And he pulled out his gun and, and shot at them and drove off. Wow. And they, yeah. And they tried him. And then he got off for the fact that the cops were wrongfully beaten on that young man. Mm. So, yeah. So, but but the fact that a black, a black, a young black kid could shoot at the cops and get away with it, that, that tells you a lot. Because a that lot increased, of people That increases cred a little bit. Yeah. A lot of people would have, a lot of people would have kept driving. So, on top of that, he also, uh, Back when he first uh, had his record come out, when he was still in Oakland, uh, he he had a he had a brawl with the cops. And uh, if you um, watch his documentary, uh, what is that? To what's the name of the documentary, bro? Which the one, one? The one that came out in the movie did is that his mom's produced. Not all eyes on me. Resurrection. 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 There you go. Yep. Yeah. If you watch Resurrection, they'll show they'll show you the photo where the cops uh, beat him so bad his eyes swelled and shut. So. Mm. Yeah, he was fight. He was fighting the cops for a while. So, like I say, you know, he was a movement. He was talking some real stuff, though. But just a lot of the, uh, some of the other things that was going on, like when he got with the West Coast, man, he was he was putting on a real facade, though, because that really wasn't him. You know, there's a difference between doing what's right and like <clears throat> holding this whole thug life, you know, gangster type, you know, uh, facade or whatever, man. This that ain't. You know, he did what was right with the police in that particular instance. I can't, I won't knock him for that. I will not discredit him for that. But I'm talking about this whole other, you know, thing he was putting on, you know, this image that he was portraying. That wasn't him, man. Right. Uh That wasn't him. You know, Biggie, Biggie was a street dude that got a record deal, man. I mean, he was doing what he was doing, you know what I'm saying? And, and, And that's why I could identify with him a lot because... It's funny. I see a lot of guys out here, man, and I hear these these stories about cats with all this paper not taking care of their kids. And that's all I ever wanted, dude, was some money to take care of my kids where I wouldn't have to be breaking my back not and, and barely able to see them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I had to make the money. It's like if you got to make the money, then you don't see the kids. And if you got and if you see the kids, that means you're not making money. So no matter what, it's a it's. It's a hurting thing. It's like a double-edged sword. But Biggie was that guy, you know what I'm saying? And he painted that picture, man, in in, in a couple of his songs. So he's like, hey, man, I'm just out here trying to feed my daughter. Yeah, that's true. And I, and, I got to respect that guy, man. I, You know, that's the type of stuff that I respect, you know? That's all real. So let me ask let me ask you this question, right? So since we're on the topic of Biggie, mm. do you feel that he should have waited longer to go to Cali than, than he did? A lot of people are saying that, you know, six months after Tupac died is too soon. Yeah. You know what? Um, A lot of that. And then and the crazy part about that is, again, I don't believe Biggie had anything to do with that. Well, yeah. You know, we, but we, nevertheless, we you got so many people that's biting into the whole thing and trying to, like, say, oh, yeah, it was him. It was because of him and this, that and the other. You had a lot of guys going rogue out here, man. And they took that shit seriously. Like for me, this is all entertainment, man. People should know this. You know, you you taking on some personal stuff off of some music. This is entertainment. You know, 
as much as I like this, as much as I like Biggie, and I put him top of my list, man, I ain't fighting about it. Right, no, and 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 and, and I definitely agree with you. I'm, I'm, you'll never see me getting no fist fight yeah, over somebody's yeah, top ten list. That. But, but um, yeah, he, you, you're, I, yes, I believe that he went too soon, and Cats told him he, and but against their better, you know, uh, their advice and and better judgment, he went because you know. The, the whole, it, as as much as it's entertainment, some of these guys really had street lives, and as much as Pot, some people may may say he, that wasn't him. I mean, he he got the mob tatted on his arm. They say he was gang, he was hanging around the gangbangers. So, you know, they probably they, and even though Biggie may not um had nothing to do with it, people eat that up, and 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 you see that with you see that with not just with them, but like with a whole bunch of entertainers. Everybody's got like their section of crazy fans where. Like, if I was a celebrity and I had diehard fans and I could make some outlandish claim, people would justify it and, and, and stick with it and, and act on my behalf without me even having to say or do anything. So, True. You, you know, and Tupac was that type, type of guy. He could captivate a whole audience because he spoke with so much passion and emotion. Tupac is the type of guy, he could be talking about pure bullshit. But because of the way he'll speak about it, people are inclined to follow so when he says, yeah, Biggie, Biggie shot me or Biggie did this, you know, and now all of a sudden the guy winds up murdered, you know, that he's automatically going to go out there with a target on his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I do believe he left. He he went out there too soon after that. He should have let a lot of that stuff die down, you know. Because um, I, I really think that, like, if that moment at the award show where uh, – Big's mom and Pac's mom had appeared together before Biggie got killed. Biggie would still be alive today because they was really the ones that when they when they appeared. Oh, oh, I'm trying to figure out if that was the Grammys or Soul Train Awards. Tio, help me out. What show was that? I thought it was the Soul Train Awards too. I thought. Yeah, it was. I think that's what it was too. Yeah, when they went out there and and they appeared together and they hugged, it seemed it just seemed to just kill everything. So, but. You know, well, hey, he had a he had a feeling that it was all right for him to go, and he he worked on that man, but he was wrong. And I I really wish he would have waited because we would have probably got a lot more great music from him. You know, he even made a song called "Going Back to Cali," and I was like, I don't know if I would want to write a song like that after Pot died a few months before. I mean, man, he 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 was he wasn't the uh, first one to go back to Cali from New York either, but. Well, they respect the LL, but he this he it, it was bad timing on his end because yeah. they're still grieving on Pac in the West Coast. That's just it. LL, that's one of my guys. So speak, oh, oh, where QG at? So so, right. so speaking of other artists, so talk to us about the hip hop that you like and you listen to, so we can get to know you just a bit more. Oh man, I like some of everything, but I'm I'm not too big on these new cats, man. My playlist got a lot of old stuff in it, man. You know. I'm with him. I mean, I'm rocking a lot of old stuff, and then there's a few guys that kind of, kind of slip in. You know what I'm saying? And then a couple of uh, Detroit artists that I just, I kind of, uh, I like them. Be, you know, just because they rep in the city. You know what right. I'm saying? So let me ask you, somebody from Detroit, you 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 listen to a lot of Eminem? <laughs> um, no. Um, I like Eminem. And people and tell I listen, me I, I listen to it. However, here's the thing, and I hate to get into the whole 
I'm going to, yes, I am. I'm going to break into it. The whole, the black and white thing. If Eminem was black, we'd be calling him corny. Yeah, I agree. However, however, that is his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's not, he's not a corny rapper, but I'm a mood guy. So Eminem is the guy you listen to because we know he's a hell of a lyricist. I mean, he started with this whole battle rap thing and everything. Yeah. However, the the type of content that Eminem put out, you listen to and you like, damn, he's a monster. Man, you hear this? Man, he sounds crazy. Who raps about that? But it, Eric, like I was talking to you about earlier, in the same in the same sense, we like, damn, but who raps about that? Word. You know what I'm saying? So when we when we talk about mood music, because that's what it is for me. When I was younger, man, um, you know, we listen to certain certain music to get us hyped to go. Eminem ain't exactly, he don't fall into where my hype, where I would have him as hype music. And then I, he don't, he don't fall into play where I'll be riding with the fellas bumping the hood music. You know what I'm saying? He's somewhere in between where you'd be like, I don't know. You just listen to him just because the lyrics are what they are. You know what I'm saying? Like just to like, wow, this guy, he's something else. But as far as my mood, I, he really not on the playlist as far as that. If I'm going to hoop, I don't want to hear Eminem. And and you know what's interesting that you that you brought up? You're the very first person I've ever spoken to about Eminem that actually mentioned that. And you got to mention that, that if he was black, we would write him off as corny because songs like Stan, I can't see any black artist coming up coming up with a, with a song like that. Look, man, well, brothers don't be talking to... Hey, it's bad. And you know what? It's funny. And this that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but... Brothers wasn't raised to show weakness of any kind. Yeah, and that's I'm not saying true. that depression is a weakness, but that's what we call that type of stuff, you know, when we was growing up. Right. Like, look how we raised, man, and, and, and it's wrong the way we raised, really. Uh, boys don't cry. Yes, the fuck we do, because if we didn't, excuse me, I'm sorry, can I cuss on this? Yeah, you, you can curse. We gotta, we, 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 we're explicit on here. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, the fuck we do cry, because if we couldn't cry, then fucking tears wouldn't come out our eyes. You know, but this is part of the problem to, that goes into some of the violence that occurs out here with us. We don't know how to um, convey our feelings other than violence because we've been taught not to cry. You can't go to your homeboy. You better have a good woman to talk to, you know, about what you feeling, because generally, you know, our women are the ones that settle us. If we got a good woman, we can come in and be uh, vulnerable to our woman and let them know how we feel. But as a whole, we were raised not to show emotion. Yeah. And, and, and to further your point, if you look at every other piece of music that was coming out around the time 99, 2000, when Eminem was out, it was all gangster rap, some conscious rap, but conscious rap back then was not as, as popular as it is now. So he, yeah. he's, he's coming out in the midst of, you know, the shiny, the end of the shiny suit era you got Nas talking, Nas and Diddy talking about hate me now. Um, DMX was was wild. The Locks, D Block, and all those guys. Yes. So you know, and nobody That's, else was making music like that. The, DMX uh, was definitely my my mood music it, around his time when I was still playing basketball real heavy out here. Oh my God, we was playing that, and I was going out having some monster games. And, and you know what's funny about DMX? Because you could say to a, some of these guys also, like DMX is a perfect example, God rest his soul, that he 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 too made 
emotional music, but the sound of it, if you just like listen to it without actually like focusing on the words, you'd have never thought. Because songs like Slippin' and Here We Go Again and all those other types of songs, those are, you know, songs about battling demons, about life and all this other stuff. But, 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 but you know, but, he put God into it a lot. And you know, black folks is about their Jesus. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's you, true. You, you, you can ask Mason Bethel all about that. You know, but, um, so with a guy putting out a prayer, because DMX gave some of the best prayers. He the guy you want there at Thanksgiving, boy, giving it up. Uh, <laughs> uh. But, um, bless this food. But, uh, no, but you, um, now you have a good point. <laughs> I also got some intel from, from, from our good friend Eric that, uh, you like Bay Area rap. Man, again, I like some of everything, man. I'm the, uh, back in the day, the, the that, that E40, man. Listen, I, I have been clamoring Ooh. to talk to somebody about, uh, about E40. Like, uh, it's funny because I have his first 12 albums all on CD, man. Wow. Everything from uh, the mailman to Charlie Hustle to loyalty and betrayal. Yeah. This this guy, Alfred, is the museum. <laughs> listen, now, I just listen to a little of everything, man. Uh, no, no, no. What I'm saying is the collection. It's the museum you have. That's what you I, have. You have I, got, I got the double-sided cassette tape case. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's that's yeah. o, that's an OG throwback. Yeah, yeah. I was bumped. That, that, uh, that E-40, that first one you talking about, that was on cassette, bro. In my in my uh eighty what did I have an eighty three money. Yeah, man, and it's a shame. It's a it's a shame. I, I talked to a lot of New York dudes out here, and nobody want nobody wants to hear it about E forty. E forty a monster, man. Yo, and it's fun. You know what it is? He's an acquired taste because he, yes. he makes up his own. He makes up his own language. Some people may not understand what he's talking about, but then yo, you have I, to buy the dictionary that he put out. Exactly. <laughs> I could listen. I could. I could listen to in a major way in the Hall of Game all, all day. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, man. And and yeah. I I like I like a fair share of that Bay Area rap. I'm I'm a big Too Short fan too. So. No doubt. No doubt. You know, because like I say, you know, I came in on the beginning of this thing, and a lot of stuff, man, really had impacts because these were the changes that occurred. You know what I'm saying? Right. When you you got the elementary rap from back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Grandmaster Fat Flash, Furious Five, um, uh, Sugar Hill Gang. Um, we broke in the Crush Groove, you know, with uh, with uh, Run DMC, Curtis Blow, uh, things of that nature. I still remember watching Curtis Blow. I mean, uh, Crush Groove when uh, LL kicks in the door and busts out with Radio. We yeah. was like, oh, that was the shit. That was the shit. And here LL is today, major longevity. Oh yeah, he don't even got a rap because he's all over TV now with his acting everywhere, everywhere. But yeah, uh, he still does shows. And 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 you yep, you've you you've lived uh, a majority of your life in Detroit, correct? All born and raised, bro. Okay, so so like, what are your thoughts on like other Detroit uh, rappers? Like um like for example, uh, Exhibit is another one that comes to mind. Yeah, he another one that went on out to L.A. You know what I'm saying? But um. Well, what, yeah, once he hooked up with Dre, it was like he waved goodbye to Detroit. Yeah, he really did. Never came back. You know, he went on TV with the Pimp My Ride and all that stuff. You know, but I like some of um, Exhibit's music, you know. Um, uh, what was that shit, Bitch Please? Remember that one? Yeah. That was yeah, him. That was kind of him, him, Snoop Dogg, Eminem. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, there's two you know, versions. Some of that stuff, man, I listened to for, for like, I don't know, a lot of stuff was club music. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was, it, the, yeah, I listen to different people for different things, you know, like, but the people that's on my, on my actual, you know, my top whatever list, they, it wasn't for club music, though, because, I mean, it's a whole lot of people I like, you know, right. Hell, I like Heavy D, you know. Oh, yes. But Hev, he's a, he's a monster for that, too, but he was a, like, that was what we listened to at the club, you know what I'm saying? So... If you was to sit down and wanted to listen to some real lyrical stuff, who was the first? Who was the first person you playing? Mm, the first one for lyrics? Yeah. Oh man, Rakim, man, hit me in the head. He was a bug. He was before his time back then. Guys didn't even know what he was talking about when he was talking about five percenters and all this type of stuff. They didn't even know what the hell he was talking about, man. And you now know? he gave birth. He gave birth to that. I, I can't. I can't deny it. Yeah, you know, Rakim, Nas, um, Scarface, he's kind of comparable to Biggie, in my opinion, because he was a storyteller. He painted a picture. You know what I'm saying? It's funny you mentioned Scarface because a lot of people that, that I speak to, because, again, I've been in New York for so long, you know, a lot of, I'll bring up Scarface and people will be like, who, like, you know, I, I don't listen to him, but that's you a, that's baby. A, that, that nah for he he's he put Houston he uh, he, he and uh and UGK put Houston on the map without a doubt we was listening to some UJ UGK yesterday man yeah man like uh, Scarface I feel like certain artists and like Scarface is one of them outside of the South they don't they don't get any they don't get any credit so I'll tell you a little personal story about me so I spent time in New Orleans for years okay and. I would like see the back and forth, and like when I came to New York, like everybody, I'll, I'll bring up all these Southern artists, and outside of like Outkast, nobody else would get props up here, which I, which used to blow my mind like crazy all the time. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I get it, like the masterpiece, and what we're really hurt is what, and we, this is an inside joke that all of us have on the podcast, like nobody likes to give masterpiece credit, especially after that four three two one verse, but. Like I get it. Like the masterpiece. That, oh, so, hold up. That's because the verse was trash. Other than that, it he wasn't still, that bad. It was terrible. Oh, you going against number a, one? Wasn't even a rapper. It was a businessman more more than anything. But I gotta admire Master P though, because <clears throat> out yeah. of all the producers and things of that that I've ever heard of, Master P's whole thing was I want to make sure all these guys get paid. Or yeah. oh, yeah. I want to make sure all of them. I want to make sure all of them are able to take care of their families. You know what I'm saying? And and they not coming back to me trying to eat off of me. And on so top of that, he flooded he flooded the whole hookup with music. You know, hey, we got to put albums out. Boom, 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 boom. He didn't give guys a break. It was like he throwing punches, body, head, body, head. You know, he wouldn't let you breathe. He just made sure he stuffed his name down your throat. And yeah, that's um, it. Go ahead, Tio. Alfred, um, how many albums did No Limit release that one year? Oh, uh, mm. 20, 28. 28. And, and what year was that? 98. Okay, good. Just want to just remind you. Yo, stop it, fam. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah but out, out, out of the 28, 23 of those albums got plaques, T.O. So, like I keep telling you, you can't take plaques away from people, bro. What year was that? In 1998. Okay. Listen, that doesn't mean 98 was the best year in hip-hop. Uh, uh, you still lost. Next. But, um, 
But no, nah, but like so like when I so like when I came to New York and everybody is like, man, we we not Master P is whack, Silky Shock is whack. Like the only person who they they would only respect um Outcast and I never understood why. You know what like, the thing about this, if I may chime uh may yeah, chime in. We, I gotta admit, as a as a native New Yorker, we were kind of selfish. Yeah. We were selfish. Even towards the West Coast, y'all never showed them no love. Y'all would never spend nothing on Hot 97 from Hot 97 would never play any Ice Cube stuff while he was hot or anybody true, else from, from out and there. You, and you know, and you know, Al, I'm glad you brought that. We never heard much of Snoop Dogg and like they'll play Snoop Dogg, barely gin and juice. That's it. If you had Ice Cube, you barely heard uh it was a good day. And that's the only time we kept seeing or hearing stuff was through music videos. They will never play on radios. Radios, wow. New York radio was selfish back in the day. And I got to say that as a native New Yorker. Because you look at just, other but areas. But y'all the birthplace, though. Yeah. And you were giving so many artists their props there. It wasn't a whole lot of room to be sitting up here trying to squeeze nobody else in. I guess, you know, not saying it's right or wrong, um, but some would look at it as loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I don't I think, know about selfish loyalty. And I, and I think the first song, I think the first masterpiece song they ever played on the radio was actually about about it. Mm. And yeah, that was probably, only part two. Heard and that first. was part two with me X. Even in that ghetto, in that ghetto D. That too. Yeah, I've heard that being spun. Yeah, and, and I yeah, actually heard Ice Cream Man. Uh, what what beat was that? He uh, he sampled off he's, of that. He sampled Eric Eric B's hookup. Yep, off of paid off the paid in full album, but 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 it's crazy to think that like New York and and it's and it's well documented like Ice Cube, Snoop, they couldn't get their records played, and even when the Source Awards was was in New York here in '95, Death Row went up on the stage and they got booed unmercifully. But then, yeah, to, I remember to, that. But to to their to, but but also to their discredit, um, they did boo Outkast off the stage though because nobody knew who Outkast was at the time. Wow, uh, and I, and I always say it. I'm like, cause I, cause they got best new artist that year, and I and I always say it. I'm like, damn, if only y'all could have waited ten more years or even four more years, y'all wouldn't have booed him if you knew what they was gonna turn into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, the South got something to say, and that's all he got something to say. Nah, yeah. man. But and then it's funny because everybody was hating on the South in that time period, but then you fast forward ten years, and the South took over rap for a while. You had the Ludacris's, you had T, the T.I.'s. I Lil like Ludacris. Yeah, Ludacris. And then the funny thing is, as Ludacris got older, he stopped sounding like a like a Southerner. Yeah. When, when you go further into his discography. And then Lil Wayne, of course, was all over the place for like a good seven years. Well, I, like, I like Lil Wayne before he came, but became like this whacked out dope fiend, you know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, I I'm kind of like 500 degrees, Lil Wayne. The Carter, maybe the Carter two. My cutoff um, with him is the Carter three. After that, I I draw the line. Uh, no ceilings. He my, he murdered everybody's beat on no ceilings. Oh man, I wish QG was here because this would have been a great debate. But um, you guys ain't hip. I mean, you. I mean, I know. I know you are hip to the no ceilings though, because that right there, I used that, to play. That, oh my god. Yeah, that's one of those. No, the no ceilings was not bad. No ceilings was not bad. But like you said. You stopped after I stopped after the Carter one. That's yeah, why I drew the line. Pretty much, man. Me. Like Carter one and maybe the two. Um, nah, yeah, and because I was, I was okay with Fireman, but that's like the last single I stopped after. Okay. He got a Grammy for Carter two though. So how could you stop there? 
I didn't really that feel that too as well. I, I wasn't like really feeling because it stopped because after a while, man, it stopped being about the music and started being about all the fucking bullshit that he yeah. was in. Exactly. I mean, how can I? It, at this age now, like when I was younger, we didn't care who we played shit in front of. Now I actually, actually, now I actually like care who's hearing what I'm listening to. You know what I'm saying? And and I and I and I worry about you know who I'm supporting and what they're into. And I yeah, mean, that, that, that's valid. that goes a lot. That goes along. That goes a lot with you know the way I select stuff. Yeah, that I've heard people say that. Like I have, uh, even myself. Like when I'm around like my younger, my younger family, like the kids, I, if something is explicit, uh, I'll I'll skip it and find something appropriate to listen to. But when you were younger, you gave zero fucks. You know that's fun, mm. and we we had that discussion on his show a while back. Matter of fact, when 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 Eric opened his barbershop, I, I told this story. I'm like, yo, I used to get my ass beat when I was a kid for listening to all that music. I had no business listening to. <laughs> Oh, oh, did we all? Watching Lil' Kim videos. <laughs> but, oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, so, but, nah, but but it's funny you mentioned that because, and you know what's also, I feel like the shift in the times, because now, like, like, and I said this back on our Eminem episode that's in the archives, is, like, certain music they made 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, you can't say or those things or make, make those type of songs now. You'd... Like two live crew couldn't come out today, like they they would have got can they would get canceled before the album even came out, which yeah. which which is crazy to me because as much as I love this genre of music, because rap is my favorite genre hands down, by okay. a landslide. But a lot of the, I realize that a lot of the music that we like didn't age well. Like what's your what's your opinion on that? Do you think like they were going too far, or do you think like society is just overall soft? I think like with everything, you know, things just change, man. You know, um, like I said, I don't have a lot of new stuff in my catalog at all. My playlist doesn't include doesn't change stuff, man. Right. I like what I like. You know, I still listen to King Rock. Mm, you know, okay. I still listen to radio. I still listen to Paid in Full. You know, those are some some albums that you know are just kind of like timeless to me. You know, when I'm in that mood, but then. Um, again, it's a it's a mood thing. I, I I listen to Doggy Style. You know that was a cold album to me. You know, um, and funny enough, even though I don't like to give Pockets props, you know, as a uh, as far as his character, sometimes uh, All Eyes on Me, man, jumped out at me, and I used to ride down to Alabama, uh, you know, doing what I was doing, and uh, I I played All Eyes on Me all the way to Alabama, over and over and over again. You know, uh, right. Some of the older stuff just sticks with me, you know. Right. Uh, so the what the one the things I was listening to then they still with me now. But yeah, some stuff you really couldn't go back and be like, because oh man, just just for an example, I deal with young I deal with young guys. You know, I mentor, counsel, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was having a guy listen to uh, <laughs> a song, man. And he was like, that was the worst five minutes of my life. <laughs> what did you have him listen to that he said that? Um, damn. Oh, it was a verse off a of, it was uh off a of doggy style. And this was my favorite song. I was hurt. My feelings was hurt, man. Um what song uh, was him, it? 
It was uh the the song with uh with the dramatics where he had the dramatics on the song. Dog, uh, Doggy Dog, Dog Girl. Girl. Oh, oh no. And that's one of the <laughs> best songs out of his yeah. catalog. That was oh, no. oh, that's one of the coldest songs to me. And my oh, man was no, like, that was the first five minutes of my life. Ah, uh, he's well. Oh, wow. God, that's ripping, That that's like uh, yo yo E. Remember when uh we 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 read that little Yachty interview, and he oh, said he said he said he could he, he he listened to Biggie for thirty seconds and had to turn it off. Sure. That's why he turned into a sailboat. Or or like he deserves when to be drawn and quartered for that. <laughs> or, or like when uh when Soldier Boy said he listened to Illmatic and and fell asleep because it was boring. Sure. Of course he wow. fell asleep. The bars was too much for him. Like, some... hey, that's funny. I was talking to uh my my oldest my oldest son, his uh little brother, and he does music. And I was looking at some of his his uh his playlist there, and I say, like, dog, what's up with all these two and three minute songs? You Word. say, man, motherfuckers' attention span, and you got to play to their attention span. We can't have that old. You know, some of y'all stuff used to be. Five, six, seven, eight minutes long. Some of them. We these little guys, man, ain't gonna pay attention that long. He say so. Two and a half, three minute tracks. It is. And you know, you know, I've I've noticed that about about music that comes out now. The the songs are shorter. Even back in the day, like uh, one of my favorite KRS One songs is uh, Seven DJs, and that song goes for like almost twelve minutes. So. Mm. So you could never have a song like that nowadays. And he's right, because these kids out here, especially with all the technology, like they'll pick up something and 30 seconds later, they'll put it down and go to something else. Yes. But, yes. They attention span is trash. And while you talk about some long ass songs, hell, you remember uh, Perfect Beat? Yeah. African Barbada? Yep. You know, um, that was a club song right there. Would you consider that rap? Because they did, like... See, the thing is, the Zulu Nation considers themselves uh, uh, hip-hop as part of their culture, so yeah, I will give it to them. I will give it to them early. You know what's funny? I don't know if you know this story, but um, there are two versions of Bop Gun by uh, Ice Cube and George Clinton. Mm -hmm. The the original version is about 12 and a half minutes long, and they wanted to put that as the single, but no radio station would take it, so they had to cut it down to four minutes. Yeah, that's too much time to uh, spend the radio station trying to get out everything they got to yeah. get out. So, but but that just goes to show you the, the attention span argument is valid. And that's another thing. George George Clinton is one of the all-time great funk artists. And you want to cut one a uh, song that he's on, which is crazy to me. And but. you know what the thing is? George Clinton was sampled heavily in the West Coast. They really paid homage to him as far as Yes, sampling. they did. P-Funk P- and G-Funk is all George Clinton samples. Yep, um, exactly. George, George Clinton and, uh, and and Zap Band samples. That That's mm-hmm. what that is. Because uh, they, they love them some Roger Troutman and, and George Clinton. And so, uh, part, uh, Parliament, uh, what is it? Um, Funkadelic. Yep, they would sample a lot, too. My man George Duke is a monster boy because, you know, he, he went on ahead and transitioned over to some of the coldest uh, R&B and jazz. Oh, rest in peace to him, man. I miss yep. that guy. Yep, he was a monster, man. You know, no uh, no rhyme, no reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that was... Whew. Beast. Yes, yes. When you played... I don't know, I come from the era, man. We didn't... Like, with the ladies, man, you know, you... <laughs> uh, 
you uh put the music on and let it do what it do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you really you just shut up and just watch for their response. You know, when you see a move in the seat, like, oh, that is my jam. It's like, oh, <laughs> cool, cool. So let me ask you, Gentry, if if I you, if I had to ask you for your person of top ten, who 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 are you throwing out there in no specific order? Just any of your any of your top ten. Uh, Biggie, of course. Rakim, Nas, Scarface, Ti. Mm. DMX, that's my guy. Q, longevity. LL, longevity. Chuck D. I don't. I, I threw a y'all curveball. Wow, nice. nobody ever says Chuck D. Chuck D, bro. And Pac is in there. So you, so Pac you were, so you were a big Public Enemy fan then. Never badder than badder. The brother is madder than madder. The fact that it's corrupt like a senator, soul on a roll, but you treat it like soap on a rope because the beats and the lines are so dope. Mm. Yep. Damn. Political baby. Political. He was talking. He was talking some shit. You know what I'm saying? He was. He was putting us up on things. You know. Yeah, man. Can't can't trust it. Is my my favorite Public Enemy song of all time. Mm. They they always had a message behind their music, which which yes. I always I always enjoy. Why why they had flavor flavor around? I have no clue. But I guess you had to keep some type of entertainment aspect to it to keep people's uh, attention. Yeah, well, that's true. And like, some of their music was like lecture, you know, it was always like hit, it was some history, you know, lessons right. behind it, you know. So you had to have it, you always had to have some form of entertainment in there to be like, hey, stay awake now. <laughs> right. No, and I think that's why KRS One fell off as hard as he did because I love KRS One, but sometimes yeah. all, all that preaching, the man made a whole song about why you shouldn't eat meat. I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I like Boogie Down, man. Boogie Down was great, man. If, if it's a, it's a shame, it's a shame what happened to Scott LaRock, man. Real, yeah, real shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about your five favorite albums? If you had to just pick five albums you uh, you've ever you've ever listened to, and you know, just be like, yeah, these are my five. What what? Not not the five best, because a lot of people get confused when when people say this is my favorite. Favorite doesn't always mean the best, but. What are the five albums you enjoy listening to over over everything else? Bang. Um, my five favorites. And again, it goes back to sometimes like some mood music. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but I still, uh, again, I told you, I still, I, I'll still go back and listen to King of Rock. You know, uh, that paid the full album hit me. Eric B and Rock him. Okay. Um, straight out of Compton. Mm. Ooh. America's Most Wanted. Mm. All eyes on me. Jumped out at me and Doggy Style, man. Okay. Those were like some of the stuff that we were just bumping, bumping hard, you know, out there. Uh, EPMD's album, man. Wow, a lot of uh -oh, people. Uh -oh. talk, a, lot of, a lot of people don't talk about EPMD. They favorites of mine too. But you, I mean, these guys, we were sitting here, we were young, like, like, um, hell, a lot of these guys, hell, they only a few years older than me. And then sitting and, here waiting for their music. And, and EPMD, I don't know if you listened to the la the new Nas album, they just got on a track with Nas. And, yes. uh, and, yeah, them, Nas, and Eminem, which yeah. uh, I didn't care for Eminem's verse, but the rest of the song was, was fine. <laughs> 
But nah, I, 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 I was that. What's wrong with Eminem's verse? I feel like he, he, for that instrumental, I feel like he didn't fit. Like okay. I just, I just heard his verse and and I sat there and I was like, I was like, really? Like that? That's the best you could come up with, Em? Like really? Because you know Eminem's in everybody's top. Everybody that I speak to, he's in their top five. Some some even have him in the top three. So I'm the type of guy when you when you praise somebody like that, I gotta get I gotta get results. So. Hey, you know who else got a hell of an impact to me? And you still hear if you know him and know his music, you always know it's him. DJ Quick. Oh, oh, she likes DJ Quick. DJ Quick, baby. DJ Quick. Nah, DJ. Yeah. He was a, he was another one we was bumping, going to the clubs and all that stuff. But we were just bumping him. We were bumping him in a ride. We were bumping him in the club. Yeah, that, that that his his um. It's funny you mentioned DJ Quick because um, my favorite DJ Quick song is the instrumental, the Quick's Groove. I always yes. liked the Quick's Groove. Yes, you could just ride on that. That was like, you know, that was just riding music too. Yep. He had a, he had a lot of good singles, a lot of good singles like Safe and Sound, Dollars and Cents. Yep. A lot of people say Summer Breeze it was a rip off of uh Summertime by uh by Fresh Prince, but I don't think so. Yeah, well, Will Smith. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't I don't I I don't see that. Two two totally different songs, but Yeah. That that man and then you know his and he laid his stuff down to some jazz tracks, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yes, he did. And he's a dual threat because he can produce his own stuff. He re- if he don't yes. want to, he don't he don't need to to have to to, have to bring in a producer. Because other artists that I had, and I can't name offhand, but his other stuff, man. When I hear it, I'm like, damn, that's quick right there. Yep, that's quick. quick. He is real distinctive, you know. Oh yeah, he's produced for Snoop. He produced for a lot of Def Row, a lot of West Coast guys. That's I know you asked for top five, man, but I gotta squeeze one more in there, and it, it goes that storytelling. Talk to me. And you got a little ready to die, man. Oh, of course. Ready let to me, die. Let me ask you a question because I get a lot of different answers for this question. Ready to die or life after death? Which one is better? Ready to die. What's your reasoning? Because it was the first one. I, I mean, it's hard for me. Like he was, he that was the album that introduced me to him. You know what I'm saying? And right, it right. and it was like so, and it was like. It was vivid, you know, the stuff that he was talking about, you know, because it goes back to my own, some of my own personal experiences. Now, I like I like different cuts off of uh, Life After Death, you know what I'm saying? And it was and it was a great album. But, you know, Red and Die just hit me because he was talking the shit that and not to say that I was some notorious criminal or anything. But I mean, I think we all sit and we want the best for ourselves and our families, you know what I'm saying? And that just kind of told me that even though he was out here doing some crazy shit, the reasoning behind why he was doing what it all went to, I got to feed my I got to feed my people, you know, that right, just right. it is what it is. And you know, I'm a, I'm going to agree with you for the fact that I don't like overly commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hear when I hear life after death. It's just too commercial for me. Yeah, that was that you know, he was starting to evolve, you know. That's yeah. when he got the whole black Frank White persona coming in. Yeah. But, and also, like, I feel like as Bad Boy grew as a record label, 
Oh my god, all them old songs that they sampled, beats that should have never been rap beats. Like, and I said this on a previous episode, like Mo Money, Mo Problems is a great song, but if I was a producer, that'd have been the last record I would ever sample. <laughs> the I'm coming out song, that's what you're really about to put gangster rap over. Right. But look at But you know the thing, Al? When they did that juicy fruit uh hookup, which From was doom, yeah. You know, dog kind of was like, damn, I'm supposed to rap over this shit. And he didn't want to rap over that either. Uh, he didn't want to rap over it. T.O., what was you going to say? Nah, I was going to say that, remember, now we into the shiny suit era, so so they kind of like commercially coming out with certain samples and like the fun shiny suit era type beats and all that stuff. So that was just it. But as far as that whole Juicy Fruit, man, hey, man, I yeah, he did say he didn't want to rap, but he he pulled it through, man. He killed that shit. He killed that shit. Only only he will mention Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Who the hell was mentioning yeah, the video? I, I don't remember anyone mentioning Atari like that. <laughs> but but again, that's that that's that ability to paint a picture because you could sit out. I remember, you know, you know, uh, damn Nintendo blowing out them damn tapes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it made you chuckle to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, you had to blow in the cartridge because it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh man. <laughs> he was taking them like like word. Pop that mug down. Hey man, you gotta pop it hard, kinda hard at the end. Okay. Yeah, it's in good. Nah. All right, hit the power, baby. Let's soul. get it. <laughs> word. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you one last question. So if you because I know you said you, you you mentor you mentor kids. So you know, if if you ran into a young kid, like a teenager and it was like, all right, Mr. Pitts, uh, show me about hip hop. What 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 would you sit them down and introduce them to first? Because I, me personally, I always, anytime I, cause like somebody asks me like, hey, what should I listen to to get into rap? I always hand them Illmatic first. Really? Yeah. I feel like Illmatic is the perfect introduction album for people. That's just my, my personal opinion. Because Illmatic is not too long. The beat, the beats, uh, the beats are not too. Because you know, you ever. You ever hear a song for the first time and you'd be like, damn, why is this why is this beat so aggressive? Like the, the beats are not are nice and mellowed out and, and, and the lyricism is there. So hmm. and I also feel like Illmatic uh it, it uh also has what I like to call the Michael Jackson thriller formula. Short album and about seventy to eighty percent of the songs are all single worthy. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, one of them things that you don't skip none of them. Yeah, and there's no skip. <clears throat> you ride straight on through. Yep. Not you know, some, the intro, of course. Some of these guys, man. I mean, it depends on <clears throat> what they're. Cause believe me, I done heard it all. I done heard some guys, man. Some of these young boys that I deal with, I done heard some monsters on the lyrics on the lyricist tip. You know. Straight monsters, and um, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that. Not necessarily the particular album, but something that's that's a banger all the way through, right? Um, and and had you know, uh, I think some things I really didn't listen to before that I listen to now. And me and Eric, uh, Eric, me and you talked about this earlier when you were talking about you know somebody laying good tracks. For this particular person, right? Good beats, good. You know what I'm saying to make good music. 
um, it would be some. It would have to be something that was like one of those bangers. Like, hey man, I just want you to check this out. You know, um, that's hard, man. That's really hard. Uh, because again, I'm still in the Stone Ages, and some of these guys, they not not feeling some of the stuff that I was listening to once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, my man, I listen had my man listen to uh that um. That doggy off that doggy style album, he was like, "Damn, that's the worst five minutes of my life." Oh man! And and I feel like I feel like when you try to introduce people to stuff from that era, and and them not be and them not being receptive to it, I feel like that's a mistake. Because I'm a I'm a huge history person, and I always tell people, especially like my 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 nieces and nephews, I'm like, "Well, in order to understand how you got here, yes, you gotta, you gotta understand what happened prior to today." And I agree with that. And that's my thing, too. You know, it would be kind of more of a history lesson for me. So I almost don't think it would be like any one particular uh, album. It would be more like, check this out, check this out, check this out. And oh, like, so you're, you would go you would go by track, not by not by album. Yeah, I think it would be kind of like I would dig in this a couple of uh, tracks here and there and then graduate, you know, um, to show them where it came from to where it is now. Because like I said, the inception of rap itself, you know, was so elementary with the lyrics. Right. Yeah, um, I get you. The, the lyrics were, were very basic. And even the production is not as advanced as it was 10 years afterward. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's a good way to look at it. And like I said, some things don't age well. And the, the younger kids are so used to what, what what's out now that taking a step back is hard for them so i can understand that point man some of this music i don't get it i mean <laughs> hey yeah. i'm with you i'm with you g i'm with you mr i'm like i'm like come on man what is, what's up man you know like what are you what did you just say though as far as the new rappers i don't listen to many new things like if kendrick lamar was to come out with something tomorrow or j cole that that I would listen to, but like somebody, but somebody like you. somebody like Future with mumble rap, I can't, I can't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And as much as I'm disappointed in Jay Z and, and and Kanye, because knowing what they what they used to be and comparing them to now, I'll take them over over some of this horrible mumble rap. You know, um, Jay, I had I got reasonable doubt was straight. And I and I do have some of his music, but he really was never like one of my favorites, though. The reason I like Jay-Z now is because what he's basically what I'm seeing with him, the way he's teaching people about, you know, uh, uh, money, uh, money managing and financial, you know, generational uh, yeah, wealth teaching, and things of that nature. Financial literacy and business. Yes. Yes. And I keep telling people, like, Jay-Z probably will never have to write another verse or rap another verse the rest of his life, and he'll be okay. Yeah, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. He's he rich, and his kid. Remember, um, I was reading something the other day, even with Nas, about how he put his uh, daughter as an executive producer so she'd get paid? Yep. Yeah, it was. You know, that's, 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 man, that was a brilliant move. Yep, because long after Nas is dead, as long as she's alive and that and that album gets streamed or people still buy copies, she'll she'll I'll eat. That, 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 that's a that's a smart move. Mm-hmm. So and some people have even uh, I know Jay Z gave Blue Ivy publishing on on the four 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 album. So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. so all, all smart moves, which a lot of people don't think to do. Even um even back in the day, KRS-One, long after Scott LaRock died, um every every Boogie Down Productions and KRS-One album p- after he died, uh Scott LaRock is listed as the executive producer. So mm-hmm. he was um despite the despite claims that his son made, uh the estate was still getting money afterward. I don't right. know how much money because KRS-One stopped selling to a point, but so uh, his son, what was his son saying? His son saying KRS-One never did anything for them. Oh, but she, he was his next of kin. So, I mean, he getting paper off of, you know. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there still uh, still streaming criminal-minded, so. Damn sure is. But, he. <laughs> so, my last question to you. Since you, list, reg, since you listen to the pod regularly, anything you want to change about the pod other than other than my uh, my biggie critique? Or Man, anything? you know what? I'm going to need to... Uh, we're going to have to broadcast um, uh, a boxing max. We're going to use some big oversized boxing gloves. And I think I would throw in the towel. Huh? I said, I think I would throw in the towel before round one, but go on. No, it would only be three rounds. You'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know, we had to talk about that blasphemous man. I thought I was like, I said, man, your guy, I told Eric, I said, man, your guy, he said that just for controversy, man. He didn't say that shit for real. Like uh-huh. like being he wasn't he wasn't standing behind that shit for real. Now nah, a lot like, a, a lot of my viewpoints on here are real. Just you want to see me get fired up, just ask me about Lauren Hill, because that's <laughs> that's that that's a beef I'd never let go. But really, you what what about the queen? Listen, all right, so to, to, to make a long story short, she came to Brooklyn. She was supposed to come to Brooklyn in 2011, so 10 years ago. Okay. The concert was supposed to start at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, the opening acts come, they perform. 8 o'clock, the, the opening acts start at 7, so, you know, like a little pre-show, they come and go. 8 o'clock, no Lauren Hill. 8.30, no Lauren Hill. She didn't show up till like 11.45. Wow. And everybody there waited for it. Nobody was complaining, nothing. Everybody was like, as long as we get to see her perform, we good. She comes at 11.45, and instead of performing, talks about, because some people booed her, and I, I don't blame them, because, you know, look, you, you, go to see, you go to see a superstar, and then they, don't, and then they show up three and a half hours. Yeah, wasted my time. Yeah, right. And then not only that, but the venue wasn't giving refunds, so everybody who spent money didn't get their money back. Instead of performing, she gets on the mic and reprimands everybody in the audience, talking about, I gave y'all the best years of my life, and this is how you respond to me. You, I can't even get a hero's welcome. Like, that's exactly what she said. Oh, and not I, four hours late, you can't. And made a whole tirade, and at the end of the tirade, put the mic back on the mic stand and simply just walked off. Wow. Didn't, 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 not even a, a core, not even a lyric out of her mouth. They should have so, stretched, they should have stretched her. Luckily for me, I had a cheap seat, so my ticket was only $68, but the venue didn't refund anybody. Everybody was upset because we waited all that long, and all we got was a, a performance from a local band. Wow. They made mad paper off of that for nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, so I that, that will always be my beat. And then my thing is my thing is this. People, people work hard for their money. You don't right. know what people, you don't, like Kobe Bryant has said it. Like, he feels the obligation to play. Because people had saved up their money, and you don't know what people go through to get that money right. to, to pay to see you. So the exactly. fact that every, 
And and this is also a time Lauren Hill wasn't doing music. Lauren Hill was out of the game for like 13 years at, the, at that point. So when mm-hmm. we heard that she was having a concert and coming to Brooklyn of all places, because Brooklyn 10 years ago was a far different place than it is now as far as like popularity and the way it's built up. Mm-hmm. So when I, we were like, she's coming here? Thanks to Biggie. Anyway, I'm sorry. Do a part, but <laughs> but um, we were like, yo, she's coming here. We gotta go see her. Like some people, like, and I was one of them. I'm not gonna lie. We, cause they also uh, promised a meet and greet. So I went and brought my my copy of Miseducation of Lauren Hill, hoping to get the booklet autograph. And she didn't do the meet and greet either. And everybody was just, you know, I, I feel like when people spend money to see you, not even to interact with you personally, but just to sit in a room and hear you perform. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you you got you can't you can't you gotta you gotta have grace about yourself. I have to agree with you there because that goes back to what I talk about. You know, the reason I I like some artists now isn't just because of the music, but their character. You know, and uh, that would have put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, but and, and not not to say I'm not trying to make it seem like she was a hero of mine, but you know, when 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 somebody who's a Grammy award winning artist and is very influential. Comes right. to town and you spend that money to go see them. Then not only are you spending money, you spending time. You could you could get money back, but you can't get time back. Mm-hmm. So that's four hours of our lives that everybody that was there will never get back. Just jacked can't, off. Yeah, can't so, you can't cheat your fans like that. You can't cheat them. And then for her to try to justify her behavior, it's just the whole thing just rubbed me the wrong. And I I used to have a lot. She of didn't even try and justify her behavior, bro. From the way you the way you I uh, uh, described that, she more or less came and scolded him for not recept giving her a warm reception after she was four or five hours late. Yeah, I can't. And and everybody's telling me to get over it, but nah, I, I, I you again, you can't treat your fans like that. People that took 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 their time to come see you and spent their money to come see you, that was wrong. True well, story. She made sure she addressed that on Nas's album. Listen, man, I don't care if she was talking about me on that verse. I, I, I don't care, bro. Nothing she could say could phase me. But hey, uh, look, there's so many artists out here, man. Like, hell, there's so many artists out here. I haven't even heard of them all. But where do you put pun at? Where you put big pun at? See, this, 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 this is going to be good. This, this, this is my other oh, thing man. because I love pun. I don't know if you caught the episode a couple of weeks ago. I was out here singing the hook to a pun song, and these guys was getting on singing me, so. a hook. That's it, bro. Painful I love singing. I, I, anyway, I like I like the guy, but painful. Oh, you don't. Yeah, painful <laughs> singing. But again, that see, I I got to go back to the same Biggie argument. The guy only had two albums. He was great, but as but but see, and this is what I always tell people: as time goes on, and you have other people who are putting out great work, and they're putting out bigger bodies of great work, the guys who came before them who have less of a body of work, they're gonna get pushed back. But you, but you, but you ahead, know what the thing was, Alfred, about pun? He helped elevate the Latin culture in the hip hop community. Yes. See, I mean, besides, I mean, Fat Joe. No, don't get me wrong. That is correct. Well, Fat Joe was there before him, but it wasn't until Pun came and people were like, oh, well, who is this guy? Yo, this guy Pun is crazy. Capital, and this is 1998. This is where that everybody was eating. So if they don't put, if you don't put Pun in the top 10, that's fine. I understand. But again, he as well made an impact. He's in the definitely an honorable mention of mine. 
Mm-hmm. No, like like That's he fun. he's he's in my top fifty list. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But 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 you but you get my logic you get my logic behind it. I'm not saying he's bad, but when other people come out and they've got eight to twelve albums and this guy's only got two, as great as those two were, you know, it's like Hey, y'all hear him talk about I that like the whole tone behind. I'm not saying he's bad, you know. No, because usually <laughs> when I call somebody no, because like other people I've spoken to, they'll be like, well, overrated. Because over people always say when people say that, that means you know, I'm saying the guy sucks. I'm not saying I always gotta clarify the guy but, don't suck. Yeah, overrated. I mean that it, it goes with that, like he's not deserving of the props that he receives. That's what overrated says to me. I, I, I he's wish, not deserving of the props that people give him. I wish I had better words to, you know, describe well, you know, what we I'm got trying to sources and dictionaries and things <laughs> like that. You know, you could always go and research a little bit and come back with some better, you know, terminology. With some better verbiage. I got you, but <laughs> like I said, like I said, I'm not saying the guy's bad, but you know, that that's like uh, He just went around long enough for you. There you go. The, so you could clearly deem him, you know, what other people are calling him. Like, like you're you're a basketball fan, correct? Because you mentioned the Pistons earlier. Yeah. So that's like comparing Drazen Petrovich to Dirk Nowitzki. That's an unfair argument because one guy played three years and then he he died, and the other guy had an 18 year career. That that's that's how that's how I that's how I I look at it. Like I feel like comparing somebody like a um like a Big L to a Nas is unfair because. One guy has a whole mountain worth of work, and the other guy has a small sample size. So, so that's that person would argue with you though, because if it impacted them a certain way, they'll argue down about the short body of work that the guy had. Like I will with Biggie. I mean, the guy. Well, that well that's true. In, because, you know, well, well, that's also true because the the saying, like my mom says it all the time. You may not remember where you were, and you may not remember what you saw, but you definitely remember how you felt. Yes. So that 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 does hold true. See, but when I rank criteria also, I take everything into account, not just lyrics. Because if we're talking about pure lyricism, then, you know, small sample sizes don't mean anything when you just talk about pure lyrics. But when you're talking about lyrics and did the, did the album stand the test of time and impact and influence, you know, I got a group. I group all of that together. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 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 for everybody out there listening, no, I do not. I do not think Biggie, Biggie or or Pun or or anybody with a small body of work is bad. If they were bad, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have spent my money and bought the album more than once. So dig that, dig that. So mm-hmm. what do you say about Biggie again? Say that once again. Huh? <laughs> nah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I can't. I can't take the the the. I can't. I can't rank him high because the the sample size is not big enough compared to everybody else. Now, if you wanna, if you wanna say who was the best in '97, I'm gonna put Biggie up there at number one. But if you wanna mm. say all time, all all time is spanning decades because '97 to now, that's that's more than two decades worth of music that 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 didn't came out. So no, I go by eras with um. Oh like, okay. I go by eras uh to a certain extent, but his his album is still one I bang. That ready to die, man. I still bang it. Right. I bang, that's it to, why, I bang it today. And that's why I, I get very touchy when it comes to all, and not just with hip-hop, but just with anything, when you when you hear all-time lists. So, yeah. yeah. 
Any anything anything all time is 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 very subjective because Without you're talking about you're talking about 1970s to present. So, but like if you slim the list down, like if somebody came to me and said, "Yo, Alfred, 1996, who's in the top five? Biggie would be number one. Biggie would be either one or two, depending on on what day you ask me. So, like, but but I, I got all the love in the world for Big. I don't have nothing against him. I just feel like in a, in an all time aspect. The sample size, the rate, the sample size is is what hurts him in my argument. But but you know the thing about this, Alfred, when Biggie first came out with Ready to Die, you've seen a lot of artists that had to change their ways to step their game up. So yeah, when you it, so when you mention influence, Biggie is part of influence to a lot of rappers. Yeah, when absolutely. Ready to Die came I, out, it sort of changed the game. It even made Nas change his way. That's what I mentioned he been earlier, though. A lot of them guys, man, his, his a lot of his peers, man, that definitely, like you say, had bigger bodies of work were 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 like big up in this guy, hell of a. You know what I'm saying? Like you would think that he came out before they did. And there was times in '94, '95, they were already trying to debate either Biggie or Nas are the best ever already, mm. and we didn't even get to '96 or '97. And that's around when they first started. So that debate was already up starting then. And they just putting out their first body of work. So, again, Biggie made an impact as well. And, and, and to be technically honest, I know he didn't do it by himself. But Biggie helped shift the momentum back on the East Coast. Notice yeah. I said help. Nas yeah. did it. Wu Tang damn sure did it. Yeah, Wu Tang, Nas, uh, Mob Deep, they Mob all they Deep. all helped bring the momentum. Definitely back. Mob Deep. That's and, another and, one of my guys, Method Man. I like Method Man. M E T H O D Man. You already know Wu Tang. Yeah, I like old Meth Man. He got some. He got some of them classics. Especially, man, I love Mary J. Blige, the junk, the drunk years, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mary, man. That was some of her best work, bro. That was some of her best work. I still remember that video, man. You know, that you're all I need, her and meth. Oh, man. And then Cast Mary got too happy to sharing that. people's worlds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ain't no yep. shout out to Mary J. Blige. Yep, but right, we're going to... We're gonna wrap this up, uh, Gentry. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us and taking the time out yes. of your out of your Sunday night for chopping it up yes, with sir. us. We greatly appreciate it. Um, hey man, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Oh, yeah, course, just man. Uh, just just let uh, let Eric know where I can send a T-shirt and what size, and we'll we'll get you on board. Dig it, dig it, yeah. And yeah come back bro, anytime, man. Come back. Oh anytime. yeah, you you always you always welcome. So anytime you uh. Anytime you want to talk about more of my blasphemy, quote unquote, uh, we we hit. <laughs> I'm gonna bring a suit next time. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Man, no sure. problem. So uh, that'll wrap up this episode of the Rap Lab, and uh, we'll catch you next time.